The Miami Dolphins are set to kick off two days of joint practices against the Atlanta Falcons before their preseason game on Friday. Here's what you need to know about the Falcons and how they can serve as the measuring stick for this Dolphins team. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krebs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis. Because we don't just say it, we live it. It is your team every day. Now, Locked On Dolphins, today on the show. Uh, the Dolphins are getting ready to kick off a pair of joint practices against the visiting Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are a team uh, the last several seasons have won seven football games. They are looking to make the jump. They have a third-year head coach in Arthur Smith. And we're going to look at the Falcons from both sides of the ball because I, I think there's uh, the easiest way to understand whatever reports come out of Miami gardens in regards to how these practices go is going to be related to understanding who you're going against, right? You got to know your opponent. So you think about this Atlanta Falcons team and you start with the quarterback position. So consider this a kind of a primer for the Falcons. And then uh, at the very end, we'll, we'll put a bow on this with dolphins players who I think have high leverage situations to have big weeks. Second year quarterback, Desmond Ritter is the big question mark for Atlanta. Uh, I think you look at their offensive line, you like a lot of what they have. They've invested premium position or premium draft capital in the skill positions in each of the last several seasons, last three seasons to be exact. Ritter is kind of the wild card, and Taylor Heineke's the backup quarterback here, but Ritter played sparingly uh, in 2022, played at the University of Cincinnati, athletic, Strong arm, decision-making is a question mark. So when I think of it through that lens, decision-making, pinpoint accuracy, anticipation, those are all areas for Desmond Ritter that there's some questions, I think is probably a fair way to put it. And with that being the case, if I'm the Dolphins and we know what this scheme is capable of doing and we know what the talent that's available is capable of doing, I have big expectations for this Dolphins defense against Desmond Ritter. Uh, I expect a lot of reports of Dolphins defenders getting their hands on the football and closely contested throws. Now, there are some individual skill players that I think pose some new, unique challenges for the Dolphins, starting with tight end Kyle Pitts, third-year player. Um, Pitts is a player who um, kind of exploded on the scene in his rookie season, of course, he was a part of that Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase draft class, all of that discussion as it pertains to uh, what the Dolphins' right decision was to make with uh, their their top three draft pick in trading back, and they ultimately did and got Waddell. Um, Pitts is coming off of a season in which he was re he, he regressed, if we're being honest. Now, he's still the athletic freak, height, weight, speed, uh, mismatch type player in a one-on-one -on -one situation that can create a lot of headaches for defensive coordinators. Um, 
he is back in pads and participating in 11 on 11. Uh, that was as of a week ago. He underwent surgery this offseason uh, to repair a torn MCL. So I don't, I can't guarantee in a competitive setting how much you're going to see of Kyle Pitts, but the presence of Kyle Pitts and the fact that a week ago he was back in pads and participating on team drills would probably give you some level of inclination that you're going to see Kyle Pitts. And you think about the safeties that the Dolphins have, and Brandon Jones hasn't been active in, in 11-on-11s. He's still wearing a red jersey. You don't have Jalen Ramsey, who would be a player I think would, would draw that assignment if he were available to you. So you have Javon Holland. Uh, you have Cater Kohu from a size perspective. I don't really love that. If the Dolphins are going to end up playing... Uh, a lot of zone, then I, I do think the linebackers can contest the windows and have the movement skills to squeeze the throwing windows as well. But uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, I'm eager to see who steps up and takes when when you run uh, one-on-ones. Who's covering Kyle Pitts and how much success does that player have? Because he is still, even in spite of the regression last year, uh, very much a player who is going to create headaches uh, for whatever team is having to defend him. Then you have Drake London a big size receiver on the outside. He was their first round pick. They took him in the top 10 of last year's draft showed some promise, uh, but is a player who uh, I think the dolphins have the kinds of players to, to really compete with. I, I think Xavier Howard, if you draw Xavier Howard on Drake London, I think you're going to win a lot of those matchups. Now the other corner matchup with Hater Kohu is interesting because the other wide receiver for Atlanta is former Dolphins wide receiver Mac Hollins. Uh, and that's a big guy. That's a big guy. <laughs> um, as far as Cater, Cater's got the stickiness, but you're probably giving up six, seven inches, six inches to to Mac Hollins in height. So is that a Noah Igbenogany assignment? Do they just let you run out there and get reps against a bigger guy anyway? Uh, so I think that that is the storyline with Atlanta's skill players is the size component that uh, I do think you'll miss Jalen Ramsey to some degree. But that's look, that's a good test for uh, the Chargers in week one because you've got Quentin Johnston, a first round pick at wide receiver. And then you also have Mike Williams. Never mind Keenan Allen is a really good route runner. So uh, there's going to be some exploration into matching up against size that I think is going to be really valuable for the Dolphins with this group. And you have B. John Robinson, the running back, and an offensive line that features the highest-paid guard in football in Chris Lindstrom, former first-round pick. Uh, Kayla McGarrett, right tackle, is also a former first-round pick. Jake Matthews, kind of a stalwart of the of the offensive line there. He's been a left tackle for a really long time. And a player we explored for the Dolphins in Matthew Bergeron, who came off the board before the Dolphins made their first pick. Uh, so there's some talent. Uh, I... Would be really excited to hear how Christian Wilkins does against Chris Lindstrom. I have very high expectations uh, for whoever of the two defensive tackles is rushing against a rookie. And then Drew Dahlman at center is a little light in the pants, if you will. Uh, he's not a big anchor guy. So uh, how much can Raekwon Davis walk the dog in that capacity and walk him back and collapse if you're going to go with some of those odd fronts? Uh, so those are some of the things that I'm looking for. Uh, from the Dolphins' defense against uh, this Falcons' offense. We are going to flip gears over to the other side of the ball, though. 
and we're going to talk about the Falcons defense. They spent a lot of money this offseason to bring in a lot of vets, and we're going to explore uh, what that what fruits have bore from that labor and where the Dolphins will be measuring themselves offensively against the Atlanta Falcons here on Locked on Dolphins. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we are providing you the players that are a guaranteed fit for your championship roster. So with draft prep underway, let's see who Vinny has picked for us this week on eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. I am going to use my better judgment here. There's a player in an AFC East team that Vinny has picked that we're going to pass on. So instead, we're going to talk about a big brand guy for me. If you're looking for a second-year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback, you can expect a smooth ride when investing in Saints' Chris Olave. Olave was a dangerous player as a number one player in a vertical offense last season as a rookie. There's no reason to pump the brakes now that he is Derek Carr throwing him the football. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. eBay Motors knows the championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With eBay's guaranteed fit, there are over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips so you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. From air filters to brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up or TLC because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the right parts and accessories that fit to your vehicle, Look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. So the Falcons defensively, we just had Calais Campbell come off the physically unable to perform list. So that's a a player that, again, it's hard to know how much a team is going to Put out a big time player who's who's working back from injury, but presumably Campbell getting cleared means you're going to see some of Calais Campbell, which I think will be a great test for uh, both your guards and your tackles. A really good player. Kind of the incumbents of this Falcons defense, Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell. I think these are the two best players that were on the team last year. Grady Jarrett. Penetration type player. I think he's going to create absolute fits for the current situation at left guard. (laughs) How do you fix that? Who steps up? Who fills in? Who has success? That's a major evaluation window because from a quickness perspective, a first step's explosiveness perspective, Grady Jarrett's not Aaron Donald, but he's pretty darn good. And there's not a lot of players that you're going to face on your schedule as three techniques, who are going to give you a harder time. Now, David Onyemeta, who they signed in free agency from the Saints, we had graded on Lockdown NFL Scouting as an adequate level starter, and he is a little bit more of a penetration pass rush guy than an anchor. 
So as I look at this group, the interior, Grady Jarrett, David Onyemeta, Taquan Graham, Timmy Horn. You could put Calais Campbell in there if you'd like. I think Calais Campbell's probably the uh, the less less relevant than the other names. You're going to have a size advantage. And we think about what Teron Armstead said. The point of emphasis of this coaching staff in this season with Butch Berry is about what's different. And he said the urgency and the intensity of coming off the ball. You get a size advantage, and you got some athletes of your own and your own respective right on the offensive line. Get off the ball. And you can expand that to the edge where Campbell, let's we're not sure what we're going to see from Calais Campbell. Lorenzo Carter, undersized hybrid type edge defender. Arnold Ebicati, really, really twitchy, explosive pass rusher. But the run defense was the area at Penn State, and he was a second round pick last year in the 2023 NFL draft, 2022 NFL draft. That you kind of had some questions with. Bud Dupree. D'Angelo Malone, like you're, you got a lot of mass that's going to be in your advantage when you're lining up against the Falcons defense. And then the linebackers behind it are a second year player, Troy Anderson from Montana state who like played offense his first two years of college football. Caden Ellis, who's an hybrid edge rush linebacker stack linebacker type Nate Landman and Michael Walker. So if you ask me where there's a severe advantage for the Dolphins, I think if you're going to run the football, I, w- I want and expect to see you run the football against this front. I understand they went out and they spent on Jesse Bates at free safety, who's a quality starter. They acquired a quality starter in Clay's Campbell, though he is at the tail end of his career. They paid Caden Ellis a fair amount of money to come over as well. They traded for Jeff Okuda. I know he had an injury scare. Don't know how much you're going to see him. You have an advantage in mass and physicality, in my mind, up front. And then you also take into account, well, we don't know what we're going to see from Jeff Akuda. And beyond A.J. Terrell, it's Darren Hall, Clark Phillips, who's a rookie, Mike Hughes, D. Alford, Trey Flowers. Who's covering the Dolphins receivers? So as much as you think about, wow, the Falcons have a size advantage with their skill group, I think the Dolphins have a supreme advantage with their individual receivers and then the size advantage when the Falcons are on the field defensively. So that's kind of where my mind goes looking at the Falcons. Now, there are some players who who can kind of throw a wrench in this plan of the Dolphins dominating two days of joint practices and then whatever happens in the preseason game. Jesse Bates is one of those guys. Uh, Grady Jarrett's one of those guys. A.G. Terrell's one of those guys. Uh, I, I'll take my chances with Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle against AJ Terrell, but he's a top 15, pro- probably top 15 corner in the NFL. And that's probably like the lowest that you could argue putting. So the, I think the best, the best area of the Falcons team on either side of the ball, in my mind, is their running game with their offensive line. And we know this Dolphins defensive front has really got in the mouth of the Dolphins offensive front through the first two weeks of training camp. So that's the storyline for me when the Falcons have the ball is how much of the dominance that we've seen from the Dolphins front against the Dolphins offensive line 
translates against th- this is a top three offensive line of football. And, and one of the things that Joe Marino and I did for locked on NFL scouting is we graded all the players. We did the roster assessment, so on and so forth. And then there's like a number value, right? And the number value is aligned to give you a quantification of how good a unit is versus the rest of the league. So looking at the Falcons offensive line, it is ranked in our rankings as the sixth best offensive line in football behind the Eagles, who the Dolphins will play this year, the Lions, who the Dolphins will not, the Browns, who the Dolphins will not, the Chiefs, who the Dolphins will play, and the Cowboys, who the Dolphins will play. So if you get this full offensive line, there's only a handful of games you're going to play this season that give you the same caliber of talent across the board from left tackle to right tackle. Just to to give you a full briefing on the Falcons as a team before we switch our attention at the end here just to the Dolphins. Uh, Looking at quarterback rooms, the Falcons have the 31st-ranked quarterback room in the NFL in accordance to Locked On NFL Scouting. Their skill group uh, is currently ranked as the 30th best skill group in the NFL, and that's in part because of Kyle Pitts and his regression. It's in part because Drake London was an incomplete evaluation, who we're not really sure yet. And then Bijan Robinson's a rookie who hasn't played any snaps yet. If I had to guess, by the end of this season, it'll probably be about 10 spots higher. Uh, I think they need more depth regardless, though. Uh, the offensive line who we acknowledged is the sixth best offensive line in football, uh, according to Locked On NFL Scouting. The defensive front is 26th in the NFL. Uh, the linebacker room for the Falcons is 29th in the NFL. The defensive backs in its totality, your projected starting five plus your next highest rated corner and your next highest rated safety is 18th in the NFL. Uh, So in all, the Atlanta Falcons in our roster rankings rank as the 27th team in football. The Dolphins are at five. And you could, that, that is not adjusted for the Jalen Ramsey, however long he is going to be out. but. I'm not a big math guy, but I could tell you I know what Jalen Ramsey's individual player score is. And if you were to replace him with, say, you move Kater Kohu to nickel and then you put uh, Eli Apple as an example in that next spot, who is probably an adequate starter, uh, the Dolphins would still be fifth. So that kind of paints the picture for what my expectations are for the Dolphins. Now, what actually happens and how the Dolphins handle themselves, I think, is going to be what we spend a lot of the next two days talking about. But of course we have a number of Dolphins players that I think have a lot on the line. And that's what we're going to finish with here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So for Miami, the low hanging fruit here is Noah Igbenogany, uh, who was a player who the Dolphins Everybody was really ready to give up on. He ends up having a nice first two weeks of camp, and he's going against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle pretty frequently. How do you handle the size component? And I think this is the next litmus test for a player who everybody was kind of ready to, to resign uh, any, any source of optimism on. Uh, 
Uh, but Igbenogany is the player, the first player that comes to my mind, be it against Drake London or be it against Mac Hollins. I think they're a good tests for different reasons. Um, we've already acknowledged the situation at left guard. Um, that is the X factor, and this is a four-way competition. If I had to guess who your four competitors were here, and we've heard Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald allude to this being a four-way race, uh, I would guess it's Liam Eikenberg. I would guess it's Dan Feeney, who's getting three, almost $3.5 million this season on, and like fully guaranteed money. Uh, I would guess Isaiah Wynn, who has acknowledged that he's getting looks at guard. And I would guess Robert Hunt, or Robert Jones, excuse me, is in that conversation. That would be my guess. I just don't think Ryan Hayes is a seventh-round rookie. He's ready to get involved in that discussion yet. Who wants to step up? <laughs> You've got a really good penetration three technique who has the ability to wreck your game. Somebody has to be willing to step in there. And that's also knowing full well that you're probably not going to see a lot of Teron Armstead. Maybe you will. I'd be surprised if you do. I'd expect a lot of Kendall Lamb or alternatively a lot of Isaiah Wynn at left tackle and the other three players rotating in at left guard. So um, that is an area for me as well that I'm eager to see uh, who steps up. Continuing to look at this wide receiver three situation with Braxton Berrios and Chosen and Robbie Chosen and Cedric Wilson. That's another area for me. Now, I think if you're going against Mike Hughes, whoever that player is, I got pretty high expectations. Now, there's kind of a subplot here that I think is worth acknowledging. How much are the Dolphins going to continue working new concepts? Because I think that is something that we probably should acknowledge more than we do. Um, I know those of you who have had a chance to go to practices uh, have probably observed this for yourself, but the Dolphins aren't running the same old stuff, right? And you're getting into a situation where you are now going against another team, and this is the time of, of year to run concepts and plays and attack areas of the field that were not necessarily your greatest strengths last year to figure out what concepts work the best with the personnel that you have to add that layer to your offense. And if the Dolphins are going to continue to be in big-time evaluation mode, and there's some context clues that hint that that might be the case just because they're, they're very process-oriented. They've talked about being process-oriented as compared to being uh, really wrapped up in the results right now. The level of expectation that I personally have for this Dolphins team performing against Atlanta might not line up with the reality that we get. So I'll be eager to uh, digest everything that we get after the first set of practice uh, and kind of see what where that information leads us as far as what are the Dolphins trying to accomplish in this window. Are they trying to whoop up on a team and get themselves into game shape, or are they continuing to experiment with conceptually who they want to be as a football team? Find out. Ideally, you get both. <laughs> but uh, ideally is not a world that we frequently live in, as evidenced by their premier off-season edition missing the first half of the season. So uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. We will be back and recapping the joint practices 
as soon as we have the opportunity to evaluate all the information that comes out. Looking forward to bringing that to you all here today uh, as well. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. Fins up. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Shout out to the everydayers. I'll talk to you all again soon. Peace.